Hey, I'm Bob Runkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's being driven, talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it. So I get asked to do a lot of press opportunities for television shows and movies and similar requests. I've never been more excited to cover a show than this one in a long time. Lila in the Loop is a brand new show heading to PBS on February 5th. And it is so great. It's about inclusivity. It's about problem solving. It's about getting stuff done with a seven-year-old named Lila and her sidekick, Stu. They go on adventures in their neighborhood, and it is so wonderful. Today, we are joined by Dave Peth, the creator and showrunner and head writer, Frank Casual Hyman. We talk with them all about the ins and outs of this new show, how the show relates to their communities growing up, and so much more. Enjoy this one, and make sure you catch the show February 5th on PBS Kids. First of all, I'm so excited to talk to you about this incredible, groundbreaking new show, Lila in the Loop, heading to our screens in just a, in just a little bit of time. Would you guys mind introducing yourself and your involvement in the series? Sure. I'm Dave Peth. I'm the uh, creator of the series and and showrunner on it and writer. My name is Sir Caswell Hyman. I am the executive producer and head writer of the series. I have to tell you, I I love this show for multiple reasons. But one of the core things that stuck with me from minute one was the idea of family, inclusivity, and acceptance. What did those themes mean to you going in when you started crafting this world? Well, I think um, one important message, and you picked up on it right away, is that um, when we're thinking about being creative, when we're thinking about developing our talents, we need people around us who can support us, who can accept us and just understand that none of us get stuff right in the first try. Whatever we're taking on, it takes a lot of tries. Um, and we need everyone around us to help us through that. So that was one thing we wanted to make sure it came across loud and clear with the Loose family and with all the the kids within it is, is that kind of warm, supportive um, environment. Um, for everyone to be themselves and and to figure out who they are. It's interesting because you know, as a 
as a child with a disability. There wasn't much inclusion in television, even going back 20, 25 years ago. So to see this new influx of inclusivity on children's screens and in children's consciousness, it makes me happy. And, and you guys really brought that brought that into the fold and i really appreciate that thank you yeah no i i uh thank you for for pointing that out and you know we we think it we know that it makes stronger more interesting stories to tell when you you have characters from from all backgrounds all life experiences it just it just gives you so much more interesting things to write about and not only characters from other experiences but the people behind the scenes that are writing the show running the show it's important to include people so that you can have authentic stories and experiences that are shared with audiences that ultimately wind up showing us how much we are the same and care about the same things in our lives. One of the other things I wanted to bring up for you, Kaz, this show is so specific in the the curriculum goal, the whole problem-solving if I do this, if I say this, then this will happen. Cause and effect. So what are the most, what's the most fun part about writing this show? And to be honest, what's the most difficult part for you and your team of writers? Um, I think the most fun part um, when you're working with a team and a group of writers and producers is mining the stories from your life that matter to you that you think you can pass on to another generation. Um, that's fun. And also, um, since computative thinking in our curriculum is about problem solving, I mean, we all have problems. We all have issues and things that we have to solve. So fitting the story with the goal could sometimes be a challenge, but it always seems to work out because it is, there are lessons in how to live your life how to tackle issues and problems in your life. And um, so it just all winds up making sense when we put it together. When I first saw the teaser for it, before I got the opportunity to set this interview up, I was like, this show would have, this show is so needed for society because everybody goes through stuff. And even as an, even as adults, we need, don't don't you wish we had a sidekick like Stu to help us get through things? It's like I just I love it. <laughs> yeah, we all could use a stew, frankly, every day. <laughs> I totally agree. I, love, I want I want stew action figures, stew dolls. I want all of it. <laughs> we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Well. Here's here's a question I have for you. For you, Dave, the the influence of your town, your city growing up is a huge part of this show. So what does community mean to you to creating this show? It's clearly evident. Yeah. No, you're right. Um I grew up um in the early part of my childhood and um in apartment buildings, 
up until maybe middle school, my family was able to buy a house. Um, and then I moved here to Philadelphia um, within the last 10 years. And those experiences just bring you close to people. Philadelphia, like many cities, is a very dense, uh, densely populated uh, place to live. And there are all different kinds of people, different nationalities, different cultural backgrounds in a small space. And it makes life more fun. It makes it more interesting um, to be near people and and get a chance to talk and to um, you know visit family restaurants or family shops, just like the Loops have in this show. And so I think that that's part of the inspiration um, for the show itself is is to be able to sort of draw that energy onto the screen and 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 show how how vibrant um, and how creative we can be when we. Uh, let other people's ways of thinking influence our own. And I think also for me as a kid, any opportunity that I was given to showcase something that I had made, like I can remember submitting poems or drawings to, it was like a little compendium that our elementary school would put together. Our school district would, would showcase students from all different ages in this book. And I remember just feeling so excited the day when that was finally printed and handed out to all of us and to see the little thing that I made alongside everyone else's um, from the school district. And, and those moments like that stick with you. And you see that some of your little ideas or your, you know, what you wanted to express is valued and accepted by others. And and that's so important for all of us, even if you don't work in a job, which is, quote unquote, in a creative field. And I sort of don't think that that's really a, a good definition either, just because if you're not a performing musician or a writer, it doesn't mean you're not creative in your work. But we all need that opportunity to be able to express ourselves and to have that valued by other people around us. And so also in this show, we show on screen, of course, Lila and her family and friends being creative every day. But also in making of it, we invited kids from um, an elementary school here in Philadelphia to take part in singing part of the theme song. I was going to bring um, that up. I thought that, yes. was, that was so cool. Yeah. And that's an opportunity where behind the scenes, kids got to come to the recording studio and work with Divinity Rocks, who's our theme song composer, performer, and and see what that's about to like to, to see a, a song being recorded. Um, and we also have kids from across the country who've submitted artwork, which we've incorporated into the, the title card screen at the beginning of each episode that you know, the title's up there against a mural background in Lila's world. And that mural is art done by real kids. And again, these are all moments where we get to say like, yeah, you're, you don't got to wait until you're a grown up to take part in and being a creative person in the world. You can do that now and you're invited to be a part of that. You know, it's interesting, and I kind of want to ask this to the both of you. I obviously, as you know, I talk to a lot of creative people on this platform. So what is the most rewarding part for you about being a creative person? And what's the most difficult part that makes you want to pull your hair out part about being a creative person? Kaz, I'll let you go first. Um, I think the most wonderful part about being uh, a creative person is that in everything I have, I do to 
earn a living has to do with storytelling. And I grew up, you know, as a small child, really loving stories, having stories read to me, watching, you know, Captain Kangaroo, <laughs> which you're too young. Oh, to I, yes. of course, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, watching stories, and that has always been my life, whether it has been writing them, producing them, um, acting on stage or directing on stage. My life has always been built around telling stories. And so I find that has been such a, a lucky way to, to earn a living and go through my life. Um, the hard parts, of course, are when you get stuck and, you know, when you're not sure exactly what to do, but that is also important because it's a part of a journey. You know, there are no, there are no roads that are completely smooth without rocks and lumps and bumps. Um, and if, if you take that as a part of your journey um, where things might become challenging or a bit difficult and you overcome it, then you move further along in your skill to do what it is that you love to do. So um even the hard parts are um, learning experiences, and so they wind up in the positive column, too. And Dave, for you? I think one of the, I mean, the good parts is like a moment when you're working on something, even if, so it's a script, for example, and you start to see the pieces align and it starts to click. And it's like the equivalent when you're working on a jigsaw pause and you're like, yes, now I see it coming together. Now we've got the momentum. Um, and there's something just nice and very, um, it's a personal moment and you feel like things are coming together. Now, of course, before that, as Kaz said, are many different iterations where it's definitely not coming together. And that is very hard to take. And I feel like in those moments also for me, um, you know, just speaking personally to it, there's also a sense of, you know, what they term imposter syndrome. You know, we've all heard oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when it's not working, I feel like for me, there's also that little voice inside my head that pushes back and says, not only is this not coming together, the script, this piece of art, whatever it is, you're also not good enough to do it. Your talent's not there, or you don't belong in the group of people who have that level of talent. It's not for you. Um, and I don't know where that voice comes from, you know, in ourselves, but Sometimes it's there waiting for me, you know, in the shadows. And and that's hard about being a creative. And I think it has something to do with vulnerability. You put yourself in a vulnerable position. I deal with that a lot too. Not yes. Not specifically imposter syndrome, but like, you know, it's it's hard being with a disability or having a disability when when sometimes early on when I would get an interview, I would think are they just doing this as a charity case? Like, mm. do they feel bad? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but I think now my disability has be become a part of the show in a way where I can kind of reference it and highlight it and it adds another dimension to it, which I think helped us a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we should just interview you, frankly, for the rest of this time, because I want to hear more about your journey <laughs> on your podcast. But I think you're right. Like all of us, our life story, who we are as a person, 
it's not something to like hide away in the creative process. It's something that we leverage to make it that much richer. And I think Cass touched on that earlier is to take the, what you got from your life story and bring it to bear on, on what you're making today. And we talk about vulnerability. Lila and the loop is so vulnerable and so real. I mean, there are moments where these characters cry and get upset, get frustrated. And that's real life. I mean, some some other children's shows are very limited into the emotional weight that they carry, but you guys do it so well. Yeah, thank you for that. We we appreciate you noticing that. And that's something, I mean, Kaz, I would hand this to you because, I mean, I think you were instrumental in guiding us to sort of plump, you know, expand that range um, of how the family interacts with one another. Yeah, I think it's important for the kids to, who are watching to see characters that um, go through some of the same things that they go through. I mean, you get angry, you get sad, you get jealous you get happy. All of those are real human emotions that we all have to learn how to deal with in our lives. And I think when children see characters that go through things that are similar to what they've been through, it helps them identify more, bring them closer to the characters. And by doing that, also opens them up to the lessons that have been buried within the story. I totally agree, and I also think we need to give a we need to give a shout out to your amazing writing team because you've got some heavy hitters. You want to give a couple shout outs, some names um, that we can look out for. Well, we have our story editor, and um, her name is Monique. Last name Dave. Monique D Hall, the one and only. Paul, and she is a wonderful writer. We also have a producer on our team, June Chung, who has turned out to be just a terrific writer. And um, we have wonderful writers from from all across this country that we we've um, gotten to work with this year. And um, so I I applaud them all, um, especially those two on our team. I know my good friend uh, Tim McKeown. Uh, wrote a little bit on this too and i love tim yes absolutely tim um worked together uh with me on the pilot episode and he yeah he's always a delight to to work with Cash, i've got kind of a funny question for you going back to your past a little bit do you think Stu and binya binya would be friends <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> That is a wonderful question, Bob. Yes, um, Stu and Binya Binya would be besties. And um, <laughs> they both kind of speak the same kind of language. I never thought of that before. But yeah. True. Um, and I think they would be great friends because I think they're both loved by kids. Well, Stu will be loved by kids. And um, they have very open, warm, and fun hearts. So I think that they would be a perfect match. That would be so funny to see <laughs> an episode where uh, uh, Stu bumps into Benjamin. <laughs> that might be a little conflict of interest. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe season two. We can try something like that. <laughs> but I saw that and I thanked 
similar energy whipping you. <laughs> like, yeah. But you want to be honest something there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, manifestation is a thing now. So let's just do it and see where we end up. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really fun. So what can people expect from this show? What do you hope kids and families take away from it? I mean, I think one, you know, one key thing we've touched on is we want kids um, and their whole family to look at the, the loops and, you know, Everett fan and his family and say, Hey, yeah, that looks like my family. I got, you know, I, or my cousins or my next door neighbor, or my, you know, I, I feel that. Um, and then from it, just that sort of identifying with, with the characters to feel like, yes, I can. And I already do um, solve problems with a lot of creativity and strategy. And I'm even using some skills that, you know, we've called computational thinking, but are really just, you know, everyday strategic, let's break this big thing down into steps that we can manage. Um, those same skills, I already got, I got this, you know, and I can use those skills to, you know, achieve what I want to achieve in my everyday life. That's the real, uh, you know, message of encouragement we were looking for, for, for people um, who watch the show. I also hope that they watch the show and Get the feeling that, hey, those people are having fun doing things together. Those that family, you know, they go on a camping trip and they make up games or they have a game night every Friday night that they sit together and do stuff. Um, I, I, I hope that um, when kids and their families watch that those kinds of episodes, they will will follow suit and say, hey, why don't we have a game night on Friday night? Let's do something. Why don't you make up a game and or you make up a game where we we figure something out together? I think that would be a fun thing because bringing families together, um, getting us away from these things, these phones and tablets and stuff that we, we uh, get so connected to, um, I think that would be a wonderful um, bonus from having families watch this show. So where can people check it out? Where can we see it? It'll be available on PBS Kids, on your local PBS station over the air on February 5th. Uh, and also across all the PBS um, streaming uh, platforms, including PBS Kids YouTube channel. It'll be on a loop um, starting on February 5th, as well as in the PBS Kids app. And if you have a streaming platform or a smart TV, it'll be on there too. There are 80 episodes and inter 20 interstitials. So Lila's going to blanket the airwaves and <laughs> hopefully yeah. you know, all the, all the kids and families out there will, will find a place in their heart for the loops family. Well, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of this show and I'm so proud to have met you guys. And I think I made two new friends today. So yeah, this is a, this has really been great. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us to be on the show and to be added to your many years of interviews. It's a real honor to, to be a part of that cast. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Bob. And thanks for reminding me that Benya Vinya is a lot like Stu. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us at the DJ Bob Show. 
If you like this episode, drop us a line at djbobrunkle at gmail.com. That's djbobrunkel at gmail.com. Let us know what you liked most about this episode and what other guests we should have on the DJ Bob Show. Thanks so much again for hanging out with us. This is Nate Beagle, your humble announcer.